Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 112 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Virgil. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. If you'd like to support the podcast and if you can, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew and we want to say thank you to vincent boyle this week for his support we've had fantastic weather over the past few days basically since friday so we're going to make this a quick podcast so i can get out and get some sun we always kick off with a bit of news good news bad news do you know what let's have some news what have we got chris well i suppose the best news that we can give is news that we've been waiting all year for today is campsite reopening day at last at last at last and i will tell you now that we are recording this from the glen of Arlow in county tipperary i'm in the b-ball for the first official video recording of the b-ball on a campsite and you know what guys you haven't even been out yet chris i'm telling you now from the bottom of my heart it's great to be on a campsite i know i can't wait to to, to head out now as well for a a, a, a proper a proper good old fashioned camp out rather than just either camping on the driveway or, or camping in the field yeah. with the two kind of practice runs I've uh, I've gone through. But I, I can imagine there's fierce excitement and I would imagine a lot of people are listening to us um, this evening or during the day from a campsite. So if you are, um, you're making us all jealous. Well done, congratulations. And of course, the bank holiday weekend afoot as well. And if you are listening to us and you're away for the bank holiday weekend, enjoy, stay safe and play safe. So that's the first bit of good news. Campsites reopen today right across the country. But please do keep practicing the social distancing, the washing of the hands and the wearing of the masks. And let's just make this a safe outside summer this year. Yes, so our next story, Aaron, um, is in relation to last week's episode. Um, I think you had a bit of another incidence of what I like to call place name blindness. Um, I think you might have scared a few listeners with one of your off-script news stories last week. Do you want to take this opportunity to correct yourself, Aaron? Do I have to (laughs) apologise? That's up to yourself. I'm not used to that. I am sorry. Last (laughs) week I did go off script. We have a script to give us notes that we go to. I went off script to say that I was down in Lahinch Beach, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't. I was on Inch Beach in Dingle and Kerry. So as and from Monday of last week, there is no more overnight parking on Inch Beach in Dingle and Kerry. You will incur a 50 euro fine. I don't know about Lahinch, but I can say Inch Beach in Dingle County Kerry is a no go for campers after 8 p.m. between the hours of 8 p.m. and 6 p.m. I am so sorry for saying <laughs> Lahinch. And I, I do you know what? Even editing, I didn't even cop it. So I am so sorry. But it's Inch Beach and Dingle since Monday of last week. No more overnight camping. You will incur a 50 euro fine. And it's been enforced, by the way. And as far as we are aware, you are allowed um, camp in the designated spots um, on Lahinch Beach uh, until we hear uh, a further notice. Because I know Lahinch is a real popular spot. So, um, it, 
I suppose if I'm anybody sorry. are camping there this weekend, enjoy themselves. Yeah, I'm sorry, but in, in, if you're camping on Inch Beach this bank holiday weekend, you're about to get a 50 euro fine somewhere between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. So just bear it in mind. Again, apologies. I did get the beach wrong. It's Inch Beach in Dingle in County Kerry. Move on, please. And do you know what? <laughs> there will be more place name blindnesses on Charlie and Mere camping vlog over the summer. I'm just brutal, aren't I? <laughs> I just funny at some of the videos as well, the earlier videos and Charlie and me as well with, with the names. You have a, a blooper reel, I remember. Was it Ballin Corty or Ballin Corty? And Deirdre <laughs> kept shouting at me. I went, Welcome to Ballin Corty. It's not Ballin Corty. And you could hear her saying, Ballin Corty. <clears throat> Welcome to Ballin. What, what did you say it was? And then she went, Ballin Corty. And I went, Oh, Jason, I'm getting it right this time. <laughs> but yeah, it's up there, the blooper reel. It is actually, <laughs> I even laugh at myself, and that's not funny. And you know what? I'm sure that. Villagers, the villagers of Ardmore are delighted to see Dixfield reopening today as well. Um, there was a lot of press about motorhomes and cars and uh, and everyone taking over the village at the weekend. I, I see a lot of chatter on Facebook about it. Now, most of the yellow line offenders and blocking mm-hmm. entrances were the cars and not the campers, thankfully, yes. uh, in that regard. But I think that will take a massive pressure off the village. What do you reckon? I read on one of the posts, somebody sticking up for the cars, somebody had said, look, the majority, if not all of the offenders and photographs to back it up where a couple of Jeeps parked across the drive or on double yellow lines or, you know, really causing a nuisance. And somebody said, yeah, that's because we can't park in the spaces because of the motorhomes. And then somebody else was quick to say, but we're taxed, we're insured, we're MOT'd, we're a vehicle the same as the cars. But it did get heated. Ardmore again opens Wednesday today, so it'll be great. I'd say Dixfield is packed by now. I've got to be honest. You can't pre-book. Keep a look at their Facebook. But the residents and some of the people that were affected in Ardmore are going to be delighted. Yeah, I'd say Facebook is the place where most of the updates will happen, um, either directly from the Ardmore Seaview uh, park page mm. or in the groups people generally when they arrive down there they put a message up to the different Facebook groups yeah. saying how many's down there and what spaces are available um, Dick has asked that people stop ringing because they're just being inundated with calls and they literally have stopped answering the phone so basically you can't pre-book just keep an eye on all of the motorhome Facebook groups because as Chris said when people get there they will say oh you know loads of room or guys get here quick or if you're not here don't bother that's it. So that's um, Ardmore. Anyway, back in, in business. Great to see. Uh, another um, air that I've noticed recently, uh, another place to stay in Facebook, is a place called Walsh's Field. And there's a Facebook group or a Facebook page there called Walsh's Field Motorhome Parking. If you want to check that out, that's a, a new air. And Escorty, I'm sure you might be taking a trip there at some stage, Aaron. Yes, hopefully, because with everywhere else booking up, I'm going to start ringing a few places to start getting out and do the Charlie and Me videos. Again, I went on and I joined their Facebook page. It looks nice. Again, it's not a campsite, but there is potential there for development. So that's in Wexford, Walsh's Field and the Facebook pages, Walsh's Field Motorhome Parking. Check it out and let us know what you think. Get back to us and let us know what you think. That's it. And um, uh, speaking of new airs, there was an announcement during the week as well that there's a new air opening up in Tremor. Now, there has been uh, a, a bit of <laughs> unhappiness from because based on the rate itself. But look, uh, we're going to give you the information uh, about the location and you can decide yourself if it's for you. Um, I'm sure given the demand for parking in Tremor, that they'll be busy uh, either way, you know. But um, 
So the there's there was a, a post put up on um, I saw it myself on the motorhome friendly locations Ireland. There's a beachside air open in Tramore and it's operated by the restaurant there called One the Waterfront. Um, so they say this summer park up and relax by the sea at the Sand Dunes Car Park in Tremor, County Waterford. Um, we are offering an air type space, short term convenient beachside parking space with plenty of amenities within walking distance and public toilets and showers. Advanced booking is essential. To book your space, please phone the team at Wonder Waterfront. Um, the number is 051 271 350 and they're 24 hour parking now. Um, it is 20 euros per night or for 48 hours you pay 35 euros. Um, they said they will require a credit card to confirm your reservation um, and there's cancellation up to 72 hours beforehand. So it's worth just checking that out if you want somewhere to pay for more. Um, it is very basic amenities. They don't have any facilities um, on site whatsoever. There is a public toilet though uh, uh, and they say showers across the road. I'm not sure about the showers, but there's definitely a public toilet across the road anyway. 20 euro, a lot of people were saying, was a lot for a car park. And, you know, I would tend to agree. However, it's Tremor and your options are 20 euro in a car park to be beside all of the amenities that you would pay 26 or 28 euro for in a campsite. But there are no campsites taking bookings and there are four. Is it four? There are five parking spaces right at said public toilets. This is a big car park. I'm going to be honest. I'd only stay for one. We don't have to because we live so close. But as a motorhome owner, I would pay the 20 euro for the amenities, for having Tremor Beach, for having all the eateries and the drinkeries and the amusements. But a lot of people were bitching about the price and everybody is entitled to an opinion. But we just wanted to let you know that it is there. It is an option. Everywhere else could be full. This is a pretty big car park. And if you get there early enough, but you do have to pre-book. So just make sure that you remember that. The number again is 51 Great. So we'll jump now to the listener message and shout out. And um uh, we got pretty uh, long, detailed emails, but really, really good emails, Arne. You're going to tell us about the first one. Yeah, the first one is that we received from Seamus. And thank you for getting in touch again, Seamus. And it says, thanks for the email and the shout out on the podcast. I was chuffed. It spurred me into dropping yet another email. This is a little bit lengthy, but it's about upgrades that he has done to his van. So just bear with me for a second. Over the last few weeks, I've been doing a few improvements on the campervan that you might be interested in. The campervan is a six-bird. Based on a Renault Master van, it's the Weisenberg body. I'm not sure what that is, but if you're into Renault Masters, you will know. At the table, there is seating for four people, and we have a small stool that someone else can sit at the end when we're parked up. But I've seen a load of four-bird campervans with swivel front seats, and I've always thought it would be a nice add-on. Generally, these are in campervans where there is only seating for two at the table and the front seats swivel turn around to form the second two seats at the table. Having a swivel seat on the passenger side of ours would just free up a bit more space at the table. Anyway, I found a great adapter which goes in under the seat, turns it into a swivel seat and it's absolutely brilliant. I got mine from Cozy Campers in Dublin, but Charles Camping and lots of other companies have them too. He goes on to say you simply remove six bolts that are holding down the passenger seat, lift out the seat, put this in and bolt it down and then bolt the seat back in. He said it took me about 20 minutes to fit and it adds a lot of extra living room space in the campervan and I would highly recommend it. 
He then goes on to say another add-on we recently did was to get some sign writing replaced and it was a bit hard looking and had discoloured in places. A few companies weren't interested because it was too small a job. But we brought it into a sign writing company in Thurlison County Tip who did a measure up of the existing sign writing. Then they did a colour match and finally took it in for a few hours and replaced all of the sign writing and it looks like new. I think it would be well worth telling your listeners about this. The company is called CM Signs. Now, I will tell you, the company that did the sign writing on the B-Ball will not do sign writing. There's very few companies want to take on camper vans because they don't have the fonts, the Heimer or the Deathless or the Adria. But anyway, that company, CM Signs, did a great job for Seamus. Another improvement we did was to replace the tap in the kitchen. The micro switch on the old one wasn't bringing the pump on. I took the tap apart a number of times but couldn't get a proper fix. So we bought a new one online and it was fairly easy to fix. Although space under the sink was tight and it was very tight for me to fit in. My one went on the Heimer that I have now and I actually just replaced it with a little switch at the side of the sink. So when we want to use the sink, we just flick on the switch and open the tap. It's another option without having to buy a new one. And then finally, yet another improvement, the installation of a 12 volt smart TV. We got the popular Walker one from Power City. They delivered it in about three days. It comes with a USB port for playing movies from a memory stick, a built in aerial tuner and satellite tuner and can be connected to a hotspot to stream Netflix or YouTube, etc. I mounted it using a simple bracket from Argus, which only cost about 12 euro. It's plugged into a cigarette lighter and it's great. It can be powered off the mains electricity if you wish also. I think that's everything. I can't wait to see you guys out and about (laughs) over the summer. Thanks for the mentions, Seamus. Seamus, thank you. What else can you do? Um, Yeah, the sign writing, a lot of people, I remember I just wanted to replace the chevrons that were on my Heimer. And I reluctantly got Smart Art to do it for me. But he did say that he and a few of his friends don't like doing it because they can't get the fonts for most brands. And obviously, you'd like to try and replace like with like. But that company in Turl is well done. And again, Seamus, thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Yeah, that TC option sounds good. I might check that out, Aaron, as well. Yeah, I I like the Walker brand. I, I had one, but it didn't have HDMI. And then when I got the the stick, the fire stick, it was only HDMI. So then I changed to a telly that has two HDMI, but now I've no USB. So do your homework, guys, if you are looking for a 12 volt slash 240 volt TV, because make sure that it either has both or at least the one you need. So I now have a TV with no USB, but I can watch Netflix through the HDMI. Yeah, you want to be uh, careful. But I think if you get a, a modern enough um, smart TV be very surprising that a TV with the built-in smart channels, you know, like mm-hmm. the Netflix and the Amazons and that built into them, with they basically come with kind of like Android TV kind of uh, bolted inside. inside It'd right. be very surprising if they don't come with USB and, and HDMI connections. Well, we asked last week um, about electric campers. It was something I didn't know a lot about, and uh, I put a shout out to listeners as well to say that a. Uh, a few people stepped up to the mark was an understatement. And first, we want to say a big thanks to Dara for sending us a YouTube link. Um, the YouTube link was for a, a video called First Drive of Electric Motorhome RV. And uh, I tweeted that out earlier as well, uh, yesterday, Tuesday. And you can have a look at that. It's based, It's uh, Andrew Ditton's YouTube channel. And he drove and had a look around an Iridium 70EB Generation 2 electric camper. 
Mm-hmm. Um, price wise is not for the faint hearted. I okay. think it's a definitely kind of concept pricing. It's two hundred grand, and it's a small <laughs> enough camper. But that two hundred grand is for the the longer range camper. So it's four hundred kilometer range, which is fantastic. It's amazing amount of range. You can get it cheaper for smaller range. So obviously most of that price, but it sounds of it is gone into the battery. Basically, they started with a standard camper. They removed the diesel engine and replaced with an electric one. But have a look at uh, Andrew's video there. It's really interesting. He takes it for a drive and, you know, uh, I think as technology improves and the prices will come way, way down. But it's nice to see things that are, are moving in the right direction. And um, I got a, a WhatsApp message from Dennis, our gadget king, literally just after last week's, again, on the same subject. And he sent me a link to a YouTube of New Zealand all-electric motorhome. And it was a very good video. It's about 10 or 15 minutes long. If you go into YouTube and just look for NZ for New Zealand, NZ all-electric motorhome, it's very good. That chap did have pros and cons. He was saying that when you get to the campsite, now he'd only 150 kilometer range on his motorhome. When you get to the campsite, you've got to plug in the motorhome as normally that we would for electrics. And you've also got to plug in to a charging PowerPoint. He said one of the drawbacks from having this model that he talks about is that if you're driving along, you can't stop to make a cup of tea because this one is really eco-friendly as well as being electric and it doesn't have gas. It only runs electric cooking facilities. So that was the only negative thing. And he said, like you said, the, the 400 kilometer range, kilometer range was only you know, a, a designer's pencil rub away, but his was 150 kilometers. So it's just go to YouTube and search for NZ all electric motorhome. And thanks to Dennis for sending that one in. After that, then we got a message from Chris S. He sent us in a very, very detailed email altogether. Now I've reached out to Chris as well. I think we're definitely going to follow up on this one. So look, bear with me. It's quite a lengthy email, but uh, it's got some really fantastic information in there. And he certainly educated me as well. So he starts off. Hi, guys. I just listened to my first Camping Crew podcast, which was the Airs and Spaces episode. That was last week's one. He said, great job. You really hooked me in with your show and I'll be a regular going forward. I caught at the end of the show that you were looking into an electric episode. And being an EV enthusiast and daily user plus a 20 year camper and recently motorhome enthusiast, I thought I would get in touch to see if you wanted any support for the show and give you a brief summary summary of where I feel the EV camper market is and will go. As a bit of background, my sister has a full electric camper, the ENV 200, which she converted herself, but they were available in Spain as a dealer option as well for a fully converted camper. The ENV is largely based on the Gen 1 Nissan Leaf, and she has a lot of challenges, namely the best campsites are in the remote locations and a long way from charging infrastructure, and with limited range vehicle, it restricts your options. Given that some campsites only provide 6 or 10 amp hookups, you could be waiting days for it to fully charge. I myself am in the planning of converting a 1976 VW Westphalia. The biggest challenge is obtaining decent batteries as the price point currently is high as basically we are waiting for a Telsa to be wrote off and competing with a number of other new start companies who are doing classic car conversions also waiting for those batteries. There are more options and cheaper. There are more options and cheaper ones to use, like a Nissan Leaf components. But range is really limited, probably to a sixty kilometers realistically. The market will improve considerably as the uptake of new EVs is growing rapidly. So I expect I would be able to do a reasonably priced conversion in three to five years, as EVs start getting run off. 
I also drive electric cars and have done so for the last four years. I own a BMW i3, uh, bought and sold a Telsa Model 3 and will be buying a new EV car next year as there will be a great lineup of cars available. Okay, we're nearly there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the future is exciting for EV campers, but not really a reality for the next five years as the infrastructure is not quite there, especially on the west coast of Ireland. The Wild Atlantic Way, for example, is nearly impossible in an EV, even a high-range car. Coming to the market now are some decent vans from Mercedes, PSA Group and Ford. However, this is the first generation of EV vans and would not have the mass appeal as range is an issue. EVs are all about lightweight and good aerodynamics for efficiency, which the current van market doesn't cater for. All new vans based on the current diesel platforms, which are converted to EV, so the results will not be optimal. Coming in the near future is the VW ID Buzz, similar in stature to the classic VW van, so quite sexy, but an EV design that would be based on the VW MEB platform, which is proving excellent as the ID3 and 4 are proving along with Skoda and Sayed cars based on the same platform. The motorhome market um, looks positive as well, particularly as the likes of Amazon with Rivian or Arrival in the UK are designing EV platforms that will be very suited to building motorhomes on, which options from five metres all the way to large coach size platforms, perfect for placing a motorhome body um, and loads of battery range. These already look like A-class, motorhomes with perfectly flat floors and would be a dream for the builders so a quick summary just to um just to conclude he said the pros of electric vehicles they're very low and cheap to maintain uh, maintenance less mechanical issues of sitting half the year doing nothing just brakes in an ev relaxed driving no gears they're quite immediate torque um environment that can power the habitation for days on end either 12 volts to 240 no leisure batteries needed at all EU campsites are increasingly installing charge points for EVs. Now, the cons then are the cost and the cost and the cost and the cost again. (laughs) Battery range, especially motorway, rain or headwinds. Lack of charging infrastructure. The west of Ireland, for example, in scenic areas, cold weather battery performance through loss of capacity are up to 25% below 5 centigrade. Current batteries will degrade slightly. Uh, brackets he has then apart from the early leaf which is really bad but every year limiting uh, degradation is vastly improving so he says let me know if you need any more information (laughs) for the episode i have been an ev nut job for the last three years and uh, last three years now and have a ton of useless information on the subject so as i said i reached out to chris I, i think we'd like to follow chris's adventure over the next few years into um his into converting his VW the electric vehicles uh, as things improve as well the technology is really starting to come on leaps and bells I think for most people considering EVs uh, as, as Chris mentioned is this um, range anxiety they call it you yeah. know you're worried that you're going to be left stuck somewhere uh, and not enough juice to get home well then I suppose the only thing is you go on to Andrew Ditton's page and you paid the 200,000 euro for the one that gives you 400 kilometres. But look at 400 kilometres. That's literally only gets you from, from where we are based in Waterford down to Cork and back home. Well, you could drive down to Killarney, park up, let the van charge up over the next week and then have enough juice to get back. Thank you so much, Chris, for that long email. I know Fantastic. it was, uh, I know, um, uh, some people who are not interested might have tuned out, but uh, I find it very interesting where things are going as well. And especially, you know, come 2030, 
when they start yeah. um, stopping the manufacture or the sale, should I say, of uh, petrol and, uh, and diesel vehicles as well. So it's going to become more and more important for all of us. One of the things that 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 got me about that topic, as you say, you only asked about it in last week's, it's the most response we've had to any topic on any of the 112 podcasts counting up to this one. You know, we've had yeah. responses, but my gosh, we got quite a lot of responses and that's a fantastic email from Chris and then the two guys getting it. We got quite a lot of responses on that one. So it just shows, guys, if you get in touch with us, we'll, you know, we'll do a bit of research. We'll read out the research you have done and we'll give you the contact details. And we really do need your input to keep the show going. Yeah. And as we say at the top of every show, we're not experts. We're just enthusiasts. So we do depend on you guys to um, to educate us along the way as well. And as we also said at the top of today's show, some of us do suffer from place name blindness. So sometimes you may have to just think before you listen to what I say, if it comes to a town or village near you. Speaking of towns, villages, Charlie and me this week, the videos uh, today I uploaded one. Um, I said I'd keep you updated on the van bill, Chris, if we make any changes. So a few changes were made there. That video went up this morning. I think it's only about five or six minutes. But on Friday, as I mentioned earlier on, we're in the Glen of Arlow, and I hope to have this video mixed down, remixed and uploaded for Friday morning. It's the first official trip with myself and Charlie in the B-Ball to a campsite. And of course, it had to be here at the beautiful Glen of Arlow. That's this coming Friday, 9 a.m., youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And I mentioned last week, I think we mentioned last week that you were in the local Tipperary papers this week. And if anybody wants to have a read of that, um, they can go to tipperarylive.ie. And uh, they, did us, they did us a fantastic story. And thank you to people came up to us in Hookhead on Sunday and said that they had seen it online. And we really, really do appreciate your support on the videos and here on the podcasts. So tipperarylive.ie and just do a search for ambulance build or Carrigan Shore and it'll definitely come up. Yes, it was a great article. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, product wise, then we're going to close with, with the product section and I'm not really going to talk about a kind of a new product. Really, what I'm going to do is just point some people or point people if they're interested in getting a driveway awning and particularly some of the, the, the people new to motorhomes um, you can have a look at our driveway awning on last week's Charlie Me video um, we put up the, the driveway on and give a feel about how to put it up and uh, how to take them down and mm -hmm. what kind of space you gave it in driving away and uh, obviously there are more modern ones you can get now with with uh, tougher material but it gives you a, a feel for what the awnings um what the awnings give you and, and how easy they are to uh, to set up yeah and we got a good reaction to that you can read some of the comments and the questions that are on that video as well again charlie and me are camping vlog on youtube it was last friday's video that just about wraps up episode 112 you're in Tremore in County Waterford. I'm in still in County Tipper. I'm down to Glen of Arlow. Beautiful day today. Thank you for joining us. We love getting your messages. You've seen this whole show was done with your input. So please do get in touch with your ideas, suggestions on, on reviewing of products or campsites or items that you want to discuss in the podcast. Please do let us know. And remember, if you want a sticker for your van, for your motorhome, your camper van, your caravan or your car, we need your name, your address and your postcode. They're free and they always will be. With thanks to our friends motorhome crack for supporting us by supplying us with the stickers for the camping crew and we also stick in some charlie and me stickers but to do that we need your details and you've got to get in touch with us and this is how you get in touch with us you can email us our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com um, our website is thecampingcrew.ie on twitter we're at the camping crew 
On Instagram, we're at the Camping Crew Podcast. On Facebook, we're available to all the good motorhome and camping groups. Forum-wise, you'll find us on motorhomecrack.com or boars.ie. You'll also find us on campsitereview.com. There's a forum there. It's free to join and always will be. And we keep updating things there as well. And then, of course, as we mentioned, youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. Uh, campsite reviews every Friday from now on and then the odd Wednesday as we make some changes to the van build we'll keep you updated on that we really do appreciate your support thank you to everybody who got in touch over this week's show and we look forward to reading your emails and your tweets and any way you can get in touch with us we look forward to uh, getting back to you as well from me Aaron Birchall I know you're out camping now so stay safe and we'll talk to you next week yeah, it's goodbye for me, Chris, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please subscribe and tell your camping friends all about us. Well, that's it for another podcast from the Camping Crew. Thanks for listening, and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Mm-hmm.